Hey, this is Nathan Fox, illustrator, artist, comic book guy, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Pretty damn good there, Dap. Like Dap was on auto-tune there. A little bit. <laughs> but he doesn't need auto-tune. He, he can actually perform. That is true. Yes. And read into that what you will. Right down the gullet. Yep. Takes a spoonful of that medicine. No. Spoonful of sugar <laughs> helps yeah, the medicine true. down. Yes. Okay. I'm not up on my classic crap. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I make it. Uh, yeah, of course, they're remaking everything. Everything. Pretty, you see, pretty uh, soon, Magnum coming back. Really? With who? I don't know the actor's name. He's a le- he's Latino, and Higgins is a woman. That's cool. Yeah. Mix it up a little so, bit. Yeah, man. They do. You know, do what you got to do. Make that monies. Right. I was going to say we'll probably see a remake of Infinity War pretty soon. That's, <laughs> that, that's how closely these things are being remade. But I'm pumped. Yeah. Got to tell you, I looked at, well, you don't want to hear it from me. So, hey, everybody. What, what? It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 561, damn it. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are. And I am JJ McClure. Oh, what? Is that a third voice? What's going on here? Oh, snap. Look at this. You got another guest this week? There's a, the ether. There's a Tukus in the third chair. My goodness. No, you're not, JJ. No, you're not. Sadly, you are Jason Wood. The outpouring. Man, are funny, aren't they? What do you mean? In general or as pertaining yeah, like to what you being said? like, oh, where's Wood? Is he leaving the show? I was gone for a week, people. But this you so happened to episodes, episodes while like I was gone. Said, right, exactly. So... Well, uh, and I wasn't even gone, dude. Don't don't sell yourself short. You're a presence, as are no, we all. I know, but I'm saying it's just funny, though. Funny, and you know what? Props to Arnie, because Arnie came right in with this. Yes, he did. Don't you Arnie fools? Haven't you been around the block? Woods always, always got other things going on in August, and I was like, good for you, man. Because you're damn right. Paying attention, motherfucker. I was just gonna say that it's very gratifying when someone actually pays attention. It's I don't. True. I don't get that at home. My resolution is to start paying attention to you more. Me? Oh snap! Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would hope so because there's a lot of shit that boomerangs back, and you're just like, oh, what? What is this? I'm like, dude, I talked about this four weeks <laughs> Only ago. Only in August. Only in August. No, it's all year long. But anyway. Oh, that's so not true. And, and you know where you can get your books all year long? Where that? For a fraction of what everybody else is paying, it's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, and get, get them delivered right to your domicile. Get this. Rejoice and sing from the rooftops because the list of specials has been posted, and as always, they are awesome. From Albatross Funny Books. It is Grumble, number one of five, written by Rafer Roberts, art by Mike Norton and Marissa Louise. Here's the pitch. When the forces of good and evil are hunting you down, the only logical thing to do is disguise yourself as a dog and go on the run. 
Eddie is a low-rent hustler who got magically turned into a pug during a con gone wrong. Tala is Eddie's long-lost part demon daughter. When Tala finds herself the target of a powerful interdimensional force, she goes to Eddie for help setting off a chain of reaction of chaos and destruction that could threaten the very fabric of existence. Wow. Great cover by Mike Norton, by the way. And there's a pug in it, which should surprise no one. Um, like I said, it's three ninety nine cover price, but you're going to get it for $2.19. That's 45% off. Next up, you know, here at 11 O'Clock Comics, we like to, to big up, you know, the, the up-and-coming guys, the, the ones who need a little bit of a boost, who, who need some kind of, you know, just a bunch of eyes on their work to get them, you know, the, the acclaim that they so richly deserve or have been denied for whatever reason. And this book, I hope you'll, you'll take a peek at it. It's, it's, um, it's coming out from Image. The artist is Jorge Corona, and it's written by an aspiring writer named Scotty Young. Boom. Yes, the name of the book is called Middle West. Cover price three ninety nine. It's forty pages now. Take note. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price one dollar ninety nine cent because you know where to go. That's half off. Yes. Um, I saw the interior art for this as did everyone who uh, looked upon it in the previews. It's pretty damn amazing. Corona's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. And the cover. Zap, do you remember uh, Baltimore Baby? Yeah. What was that? Almost not what, like seven, eight years ago now? It was a long ass time ago. He yeah, and uh, Ariella Cristantina were both pretty much no names. And we just walked through the aisles of uh, Artist Alley and, and they drew commissions for me. So it's nice to see them getting, uh, getting that come up. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm on it. Last but certainly not least, this book contains comics that are so beloved to me that I sometimes dream about them. When I do dream, I read these as they were coming out and enjoyed them very much. And they've only gotten better with age. It is the Savage Sword of Conan Omnibus Volume 1, containing Savage Tales 1 to 5, Savage Sword of Conan 1 to 12, and it just says here Special 1975, number one. I'm guessing that would be the Red Nails Conan special. I don't know. That's comic size, so probably not. Anyway, it's a hundred bucks for this book, and well worth it at that price. Roy Thomas, Barry Windsor Smith, Big John Basima, legends, all of them, right? You can take this home for fifty dollars, half price. Where are you going to get an omnibus for fifty bucks? Especially a Conan, Savage Sword of Conan omnibus. Come on, guys. DCBService.com. Get them cheaply. Go there. Yeah. Yeah. This order was bigger than last month. It would kind of have to be, though, based on what you were saying. Yeah, but there was a couple of things I snuck in. Like, I'm in the mood to try. When my order doesn't reach that threshold, I'm like, well, I got to add something. So I'm I'm not as picky. I just, I'll try this. Um, that looks neat. I'll get that. You know, so there was, there was a couple of those instances mm-hmm. with this order, which I like having that freedom. Of, of yeah, trying nice. things. Yeah. Big order this month, I agree. Oh, really? Are you getting this Conan Omnibus? Mm-hmm. Nice. There's a, I believe there's three Marvel Omnibus I'm getting this month, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, damn, must be nice. 
Well, you're old enough to own. You actually own all the issues, so right. Yeah, but I'm dumb enough to buy them again. <laughs> I'll be lucky, excluding previews. There'll be three items in my order. Period. This month, but it's all good. Yeah, but it's so worth it, though. Well, you it absolutely just, is no, fucking no, worth it. No, no, yeah. wait, wait, wait. You could just keep them in the box. They're already boxed for you. <laughs> no, don't give me this. I can't I just, take it no, because I got on. But no, 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 no. I don't give a shit about stuff I'm taking with me. I'm just. I. I want to make sure that you know we got. We. We got. I want to. I want to breathe free and easy going into the new year. And the way things are going, I we're we're, we're okay. But I don't want to. I don't. I don't. You know. You don't full disclosure. Gotta... I don't need to spend more right now. So if there are things that I can I can hold off on because you know we can find it next year at whatever conventions we're going to be at, then that's fine. I'm not. But you're not. A couple things you know right that now. I got to make sure I get, and I want to make sure I support. Um, well, lucky for you, you're a big enough muckety muck in this year industry that you get a lot of free comps. It's true. You know, luckily, I mean, the previews, Dark Horse, Valiant, um, Image, I mean, we get, I'm, I'm still able to read things, and that's great, and, and I have friends that uh, provide the, the Marvel code so I can stay current on that. So I'm not, it's, I'm just, I'm treating it like I did a couple of years ago. It's just now it's, it's more um, because I want to, not because I have to. So it's, it, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Well, not to be the red guy with the horns, but you're not going to pay for it now either. You're going to pay for it later. Dude, so not, you can get it. It's just, just, no, it you're I know, adorable. I know. I'm just I saying. Just, you know, yes, as I, go through, as I go through the collections, there might be a couple things where I, 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 I might pucker up as, as I turn the page because I can't get it. But, again, I'm oh, not. I thought you were going to kiss it. You mean mm-hmm. the, other, the other end. Well, speaking of puckering up, what yeah. are you drinking, Vince? Oh, oh well, this episode is going to be uh, intensive, I would guess, judging by the the thing we read for it. And um, I don't want to, I don't want to be on shaky ground, so I'm drinking some delicious Pepsi Zero. Wow, uh, unexpected. Yeah, yeah, disappointing and unexpected. You're thrilled to have me back. That's cool. Because it's about you. <laughs> of course. Isn't it always? Yes. Well, we might as well just get right to it then. What are you drinking? Well, this is a momentous evening because not only uh, am I back from missing last week, but it was also the first day of school for my seeds. Right. And most importantly, if I'm being blunt, it's uh, the start of well, the NFL season. Yeah, I was just going to say. So it's, on it's you? the Eagles home opener. Yeah. So Ooh. it wouldn't be an Eagles home opener if I wasn't drinking some delicious yangling. And not for nothing, I applaud you for not taking a third episode off with the Eagles home opener. What? Don't applaud him for football. Hey, man. Could, he could, if, if, it was, if he's been here and he was like, yo, tonight I can't, you know, and we had already done the book of the sure. month like when we were supposed to. Sure. I could understand him being like, yo, dudes, I got to. Um, I mean, to be <laughs> blunt, I had ticket to this game as you know so oh well also to be be blunt real talk if you went to the football game this episode you'd be out gone see you (laughs) (laughs) that's it where's tom get him in the third chair i mean if we really want to be honest we the reason that uh the whole schedule has been what it has been is because we have a diva who can't uh talk comics after he teaches his students so oh back again we got to read no 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 it's not oh, just a diva who can't talk comics after he teaches his students. It's a diva who works nine damn hours, then goes to teach, then does a podcast. I was uh, the first week of class. Awesome. I have a great bunch. Yeah. Oh, good. I have a very talented bunch. And you know what? 
last class. When was it? Yesterday. I'm in there and I, you know, we got on the subject of self-promotion and, and how to multi-market yourself in, in other areas of which you're not aware. And I tried to push them, you know, Patreon, GoFundMe, all that stuff. And, and I said, don't discard your sketches because I know a person who makes money on that kind of stuff. And I brought up Scotty and one of my students is like, whoa, 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 you know Scotty Young? And I'm like, oh, okay. oh, Jesus. He goes, dude, Bully Wars came out today. I'm like, oh, nice. You can't get away from Scotty. Like, he's everywhere. This kid just. Um, he, he, he present. He's like, that Aaron Conley's good too. I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, this kid's getting an A. Well. Maybe you should fuck with him and call Scotty one night. I, right in the middle of class, I, t- I yes. sent, sent Scotty a message on uh, Facebook and I said, God damn you. I said, this kid just, I, I mentioned your name and the kid lit up and he's like, I couldn't get a word out of him before then. I mentioned you and the kid's all giddy and stuff. And I said, I know you. He said, get out of here. I'm like, yeah. This guy's like, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, it must just be nice. Day life. Yeah, it must be nice. And I told you know, this I kid. I sketch yourself for 500 bucks. I, I, I told him the story of, you know, us hanging out with Scotty all the time when he was coming up. And now it's like, oh, you know, I got this thing to do and we can't hang anymore. I said, and now he's lighting cigars with $100 bills. And yeah. the kid, the kid <laughs> just loving it. He's like, well, so maybe I'm a, I'll get Scotty to just say hi or something. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. But yes, it's, it's a very, um, I'm very optimistic for the rest of the, the semester. They're, they seem to be very energetic and, well, it's only the second week, but very energetic, very engaged, a lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of sweat from what I'm seeing, so it's, it's good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There is no Bueller. Bueller. No, no, no. And, and they don't hate me. They actually think that the surprise Red Alert project is a good idea. Did I explain that to you, what I'm doing? No. Well, they're going to be illustrators, hopefully self-funded illustrators where they go out and get their own work, right? So mm-hmm. at two times during the semester, I'm going to drop a project on them while they're already doing a project. And the project has to Ooh. be done ASAP because in the real world, if somebody offers you work, you take it, whether or not you have other jobs going. So that's what I want to instill in, in, upon them. And I told them, I said, when you least expect it, expect it because you're going to get slammed with another project and they're like oh but then last class they're like oh that's pretty cool you know it keeps us on our toes i'm like yeah that's how it goes Oh, that's excellent that's a great idea yep and if they're not going to be huge projects like if i have them doing an intensive like a uh, you know movie poster or something i'm not going to drop another movie poster on them i'll give them a spot illustration or some kind of caricature for you know something small but something else nonetheless mm-hmm. so it's fun man good on you dude i love it Yep. So, Dap, um, what are you yes. drinking, my buddy? Uh, I am uh, still enjoying the Columbia that uh, I started. What was it? Sun- Sunday night. Sunday night for our awesome theme episode. Uh, so, Columbia Cabernet Sauvignon, bottled in 2015 in Washington State in Columbia Valley. Nice. Sounds good. I'll switch it back to very the, good. the good stuff next episode. That good, good. Yes, because this is a Book of the Month episode. Yes. Yes, voted upon by our wonderful patrons. If you'd like to check out what they're seeing, go to patreon.com forward slash 11OCOMICS. A lot of activity these days. We're ramping up. 
We have uh, 10 new T-shirt designs uh, upon which the uh, patrons are voting, and the five best designs will be available exclusively to patrons. The EOC mythology is growing, and it's not going to stop. We're trying to uh, bring down the house, so to speak. So if you want to see what all the hubbub is about, check us out on Patreon. But anyway, those wonderful people have voted for what you're about to hear. Dap, what were the choices? Do you have oh, those readily available? I I thought I did, but apparently it wasn't tagged last month. Um, but the while I look for this, we need to make sure that um, everybody is aware that we still have to find we still have to pick the finalists for the September book of the month, which is of course. A manga, yes, volume. Um, so we we pretty much have everything that uh, people, listeners, and the folks suggested, um, and we will uh, take, of course, all of that into consideration. Uh, so we have for this for the August um, book of the month. Hold on. Wait, did I find it? I think I found it. Holy <laughs> shit. Yay. It might be here. Um, your 11 choices. And while I'm here, you know what we'll do, because this is a shout out to um, John O'Neill, um, who, who suggests that uh, maybe we, um, we each, we have to talk about this, because he... Maybe if we each pick something and then the three choices get voted on um, by the patrons. But for August, you had 11 choices and they were Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. That ended up with 5% of the votes. DuckTales Treasure Trove with 16%. The Girl from Hoppers, 2%. The Goon, Volume 1, Nothing But Misery at 22%. So that was your second place winner your runner-up uh the invisibles book one with 16 percent judge dread the complete case files volume five with six percent long shot with three percent point blank with one percent werewolves of montpellier with one percent and will eisner's the spirit the new adventures uh with three percent but your winner which we will be discussing momentarily is the Eisner Award-winning Monstrous Volume 1, Awakening. Yes. Written by Marjorie Liu, with art by Sana Takeda. Yes, and, and as you alluded, Eisner winning would be an understatement. Uh, it took home five Eisners, uh, including Best Continuing Series, uh, Best Publication for Teens, uh, Best Writer, Marjorie Tied uh, with Tom King, and she is the first female ever to win the Best Writer Award. Uh, best Painter to Sana and Best Cover Artist to Sana. That is about as dominant as you'll ever find a comic. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. Yep. Yeah. And you know, whenever a book does extremely well in the Isers, if you're not in the know, if you haven't read it, I always approach it like, what? How could this book be that good? And I wasn't familiar with Monstrous before reading it for this book of the month. So that all that, that winning had me in, 
questioning whether or not it was deserving. And after I finished it, I felt a little bad because uh, and stupid for not checking it out previously because I think, yes, it was deserved because it's just a visual tour de force. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, I usually select images from works we talk about based on their impact while I'm reading it. Um, even if it's a, a, a low-key page, design-wise, the structure of the page, the drawing, the color, like it all factors in, but even a low-key page can, can take my breath away. In all honesty, I could have pulled every page from this book and put it in the gallery. Mm-hmm. They're all mm-hmm. phenomenal. Every, every one, even, even the chapter breaks are amazing. And I, I believe those were the covers, weren't they? The pages for the chapter breaks? I assume so. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, good God, it's gorgeous. And um, it's one of those works that we talk about world building a lot, and that's certainly a, a, a part of this story. But every book has world building in it, right? Um, this story, these characters, the the, the the atmosphere into which you're thrust when you read it, is so captivating that it, it I don't want to bury the lead, but it, it it affected me on a level that went beyond comics. Mm. The, the emotional in, investitude, I don't know what you want to call it, but <laughs> I, I just felt like that I was actually a part of this world, that there wasn't a separation between my physical world and this flat 2D paper mm-hmm. world. It's just, it's so real and so vivid and, and brutal and disturbing. And there are moments of sunshine in it um, that it's just, I, I, I can't, I, I ordered all three of them. I, yeah. It, I mean, now, I, I mentioned to you guys, I read the second volume uh, this week as well and have the third now is that the end of this? Like, is monstrous over? I don't think so. I don't know. I hope not, because it's. It, I haven't noticed it in the previews, but they may be taking a small hiatus, as they do with intensive books like this and Maestros. Maestros went on a bit of a break, too. Yeah. So you know, I mean, richly deserved. And this volume came out in 2016, right? So yeah. So but, once a year, maybe they do like one volume a year. So let's get into it and. I I hesitate. I mean, we're good at what we do, but this book is so deep and so complex that I, I hope we do this thing justice because I got to say that I thought one read-through was not enough to, oh, for sure. to, to capture or to, to at least note all the, 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 the storytelling complexities, just the, 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 uh, the way the characters interplay it's just it's amazing and i i I feel like i'm i've missed something so i'm definitely going to read this again probably more than once i just think it deserves it i think this book deserves repeated readings it's that rich Mm -hmm. yeah jason you want to set it up um sure so this is a world that is um somewhat based in our reality, but it's got mysticism. It's got uh, a little bit of uh, fantasy. It's got uh, some, some, um, some polytheism and that there's, there's godlike creatures. 
It's got a bit of a steampunk vibe to it. Um, and in essence, we're introduced uh, at start to the main protagonist of the series, uh, who looks to be a, uh, a teenage girl with long black hair, uh, with uh, only one arm. Her left arm is, uh, is, is amputated or looks amputated. And she's got a, um, a mark, a birthmark or a tattoo, some kind of marking uh, on her chest that looks like an open eye. And uh, her name is uh, Micah. Half wolf, and uh, we come to find out that uh, she is an arcanic, and what an arcanic is is um, basically a, a half a half a half god a demigod, someone that was um, the product of the gods having sex with some kind of earthly creature. Um, doesn't have to be human, right? And and I like that because um, if you're a fan of mythology. You that was quite often the case. I mean, Zeus got his freak on with plenty of of women, but he also got his freak on with just about anything he wanted to. He would appear as different animals and basically had sex with anything that moved. Basically, so I like the idea of that. Um, good to be. But the she, king. Uh, we're what's that? It's good to be the king. Yeah, right. Yep. So we're introduced to her, and she is a uh, she is in chains, and she is being auctioned off as a seventeen year old virgin. Um. And uh, it's a scene we've seen before in other types of fiction as the, the landed gentrymen are sitting there proudly bidding on slaves to do with as they please. Uh, but uh, they are all uh, p- put to shame by a uh, quite voluptuous, uh, breathtaking uh, brunette woman who comes in in her, uh, in her gown with her, uh, her manservant that looks straight out of a uh, Street Fighter um, video game falling behind her and she lays claim to Micah and uh, she's referred to as a, uh, a, a Kumai uh, which as we find out is the name of a group of um, witches of of of, um, uh, of sorcerers, the female sorcerers that have risen up the ranks of the, of the, of the human race to become quite influential in this new society Um and uh, so Micah and a group of other, um, a group of other arcanics, many of which are young children or little little kids, uh, are being transported in chains uh, to the Kumai's um, castle or headquarters. Yeah. Well, I think it's worth noting that she doesn't bid on Micah; she just takes her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's she. What for whatever reason she feels like she has the right to just come in, scoop it up, and the the fat slavering. Uh, men that are witnessing this, they, they put up a fight. Uh, you know, we have no right to do this. And she seems to be a bit of a precog because she can tell um, this one man's future just by looking at him. You know, she, uh, Sir Gordon, mm-hmm. she says, two months from now, your wife is going to find you in bed with another man. Soon after, you'll be found stone cold dead. Curiously, no one will be charged reflect on that and the guy's like he doesn't know what to say Mm -hmm. because he probably realizes that what she's telling him is the truth what if someone told you this is how you're going to die well i mean his face alone just yeah it it, it seals the deal and she's ruthless i mean as this story goes on she is absolutely ruthless in all respect even with regard to family members her mother like i mean we'll Mm -hmm. see we'll see what happens but i the story aside, 
the uh, fashion design in this book, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. There is so much detail on these pages. Um, and I don't know if you, I guess it's digitally painted. I would. Oh, I hope not. But I, yeah, there, there's telltale signs of, of being a digital paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, the filigree. Yep. Right. I mean, it's like they don't just draw a fancy library in a mansion. I mean, she draws every book, and she brought she draws the gold crown molding and yep. the 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 leaf ornamentation and and the the wood grain. It's insane. Yeah. It, it's truly insane. I, I can't even. I, I presume. Like we were just saying that this is a, a once a year type of thing, but even putting out one issue every two months of this detail is surprising to me. Yeah, it's crazy. There, there's a and she can draw beautiful women too. I oh mean, my yeah, God. yeah. Uh, Sophia is freaking. Well, <laughs> she's freaking gorgeous at the start of the book. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't stay gorgeous, but but I mean, the architecture, the interior design. I mean, she nails every category of mm-hmm. of creating this not physical space but this this fictional realm everything is breathtaking even there's a a a large panel on the second page that just features two lights two hanging lights and they're on chains and just the design of the lights it's like damn everything is there's an art nouveau kind of Mm-hmm. An undercurrent mixed with an eastern vibe. It's just yeah. it, it. It's a melange of 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 influences. But holy crap, there's some yeah, the, early, the, early American in it too. It's like good God. I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to slaver over this, but it's just a, this. This takes my damn breath away. All this art. Yeah, the costumes are are Asian influenced. Yeah. Um, but uh, and also she. When I know this can't be easy, she draws intricate tattoos on a lot of the characters yep. which yep. has got to be a royal pain in the ass to have to do that consistently um and uh, the character designs are very memorable because even though they are all beautiful they're very distinctive i mean uh, uh atena or atina um you know she's uh i she doesn't have the features of like a an african-american woman but she's Dark skinned and it's got white hair, right? But uh, it's almost, I guess, almost like a Storm. Now that I think about it, uh, I don't. I'm sure, uh, but She's but better looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, she is. She is yeah. okay. um, classy. <laughs> yeah, but but one of the things I think that uh, was really smart was to give Micah the the missing limb, yeah, because it does keep you uncomfortable. And I know Vince, you could speak much more than David and I about the um, role that body horror plays in in a lot of manga. And I think that a lot of this does draw from from manga influence. You oh, know? sure, yeah. Um, in in a way, this is a, a love child of of Western comics and Eastern comics. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Especially yeah. um, when the plot develops and uh, Micah attains that object the thing that comes out of her that's straight body horror i mean she's got this disgusting Mm -hmm. tentacled oozing visitor in her body and it just erupts and it's it's straight body horror i mean she Mm. she turns she she her herself the the she that is mike micah takes a back seat to this thing and she 
rarely knows what's happening and her whole body's taken over and transformed and and just it's yeah it's it's horrifying but it's done so well the um the because i was i was hung up on um the tattoos and the fact that i'm it's definitely um there's there are lines on paper or on the screen, but when it comes to the finished product, when it comes to, to, to the coloring, the painting, applying the tattoos, that's all done. She, she obviously has those already saved as files and it applies them to like, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, we're going to, to, to the brother, because I'm looking at him compared to, to the first issue. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm flipped ahead to the fifth issue and I'm, I'm looking at his arms as he's talking to his sister and everything is, these aren't, hand-drawn and they they everything matches and lines up from one panel to the next the only difference is the size of them because of where he's standing in the panel so when it comes to things like the tattoos so, and that's not that's smart i it, it, i'm not considering that a shortcut it's just it's i mean for consistency sake i think that's amazing and it and it adds to just how um detail oriented and and how much care Sana has to to making sure this looks as good as it can look. It's truly incredible. Yeah, I see. I don't see a need for that. I mean, obviously she does, but well, I mean, but see, and and that's when you were talking about the the lamps, the the chandeliers, mm-hmm. and and as I anybody else would probably just draw two globes and right. and, and, and you that's know, it. That's all you need. You know it. That, yeah. That's because you just need to see the representation of a lamp and, and boom, you're done. But yes, the fact that she goes into it and wants to just bring you into this room, it's it's just, yeah. It, it, there is, I mean, you could consider it, some people might consider it overkill. It's like, I just, you know, just move. But the fact that she's putting so much care into the visuals as Marjorie is in, in, in having these characters say these things and, and set this world up it's it's it, it's a beautiful marriage between right. the two yeah i th- i do think it's a little bit of overkill but if that's her goal is to inundate you with the the, mm-hmm. cl- the clarity of this world then then great i mean i i'm a believer of if you if you show the tattoo in an establishing shot early in the book like you have a close-up of the character and you see the tattoo in all its detailed glory i don't think there's a huge need to re-render that tattoo in that detail every time you show mm-hmm. this character because we know from the establishing shot what this tattoo looks like you can even go gestural later on but i mean that's just me i i i just think it's a lot of work that she's investing in this i mean she has her reasons but to me it at, from a production standpoint it would be exhausting to to keep drawing that tattoo or even placing it digitally. Yeah. You but know, I mean, it's after a while, lot. I'm guessing, you just kind of, you, you, she you loves, get the hang of it. You, you, watch enough, you watch enough YouTube videos of people messing with uh, with Clip or, or Manga Studio, and, and you know exactly what they need to do with all their little keyboard shortcuts, and, and which which wheel and button on the Cintiq they have to apply things. So it's, right, it, right. it all works out. Now, right. we, we should also set up the the political climate of this world too right because there are the um there's the arcanics were at war with the Kumeans, which is the federation 
right? And there's an uneasy truce between the two of them, but something happened uh, at the, the, the Battle of Constantine where a massive force was unleashed that destroyed 146,000 people at this, this Battle of Constantine. And the, the thing about that is the Chameans believe that it was the work of the Arcanics. Like they must have some kind of weapon underneath their, you know, in, in their stronghold that did this because, wow, 146,000 dead. We need to back off a little bit. But as the story... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's classic. Uh, it's like the nuclear arms race, right? Right, I mean, right. Detente. But as the story progresses, um, it's revealed that maybe the Arcanics didn't really have all that much to do with what went on. So if that information gets out, it's going to hit the fan. It's the the uh, the Chameans aren't gonna hold back, knowing that that wasn't their foe who did that. That was somebody else or another entity entirely. So I mean, it's an uneasy state of affairs in this world. It's it, and what happens now makes it even more uneasy because we find out that Micah willingly allowed herself to be taken by the Chameans because she wanted to infiltrate their city of Zamora, which uh, used to be called Zamorata. And it's the most ancient city city in these truce lands, right? There, but there's this uneasy, simmering truce between these two groups. So she wants in. Why does she want into this city of Zamora? Well, there's something there that she believes could answer some questions that she has because Micah has what she calls a hunger, She's very violent at times. She, she, again, she blacks out and this, this rage just takes over and she loses control. She wasn't, why, why is this happening? And she has questions about her mother, um, Moriko Hefwolf. Her mother was very close to someone within the city of Zamora. And so she believes that if she confronts this Yvette Yo Kim or Yo Lim, sorry, Yvette Yo Lim, she, she could answer questions about what the hell was going on with her mother because Yvette worked closely with her mother on something. And uh, Yvette is Sophia's mother. So Micah gets brought in to the city and um, with uh, a few little children in tow. And I yeah, got and another manga influence because those little kids are very chibi esque, especially the <laughs> the sidekick. Is, oh, Kippa, you know. yeah, Kippa's yeah. my yeah. Uh, if I had to pick a character I liked out of the whole first volume, it's Kippa. Kippa's my favorite mm-hmm. character. Yep, she's the innocence in the whole thing. Kippa you need totes adorbs. Yeah. You need yeah. that. You need, but yeah. she's also the voice of reason, as we'll right. see as it goes on, because Micah's she's blunt. She's curt. She's brutal. She doesn't have very many social skills. Mm-hmm. And Kippa just like pushes her in the corner of the ring. And she's like, yo, you, we're friends, right? Aren't this, this is what friends are supposed to do. And it's like a, it's like a cold slap in the face at crucial points in the story. And it comes from this child, this fox child. And it's, uh, it, I, I think it's amazing. One of the things I love about this book is, uh, well, it's it's a two sided thing. One, I would say that uh, it's such a complex world with a deep, deep history, but Marjorie doesn't 
spoon feed us that, she just inserts us into the the happenings, and then um, we have to go along for the ride. But then every chapter, we get an excerpt from the esteemed Professor Tam Tam, yep, the former first record keeper of the Ishami <laughs> Temple and the learned contemporary of the Namron Black Claw, and <laughs> that is um, so. And I know that Dap's got to love this. In the book, there are cats, actual physical cats, but they are uh, sentient. They speak. They are uh, magic wielders. They are the historians of the of the world. They are an actual race. It's a, it's one of the made. They later in the book they give you a, a breakdown of the races on Earth, and and the cats are one of the races. And Professor Tam Tam is like their Confucius, and so every now and then we get an interstitial of. Uh, Professor Tam Tam speaking to a bunch of little kittens, explaining the key historical components to this world. Um, and another cool thing, the cats have different number of tails. Yep. Uh, yep. Like physical tails. Yep. So and I also Tam think Tam has four tails, I believe. Yeah. It's worth noting that the um, name applied to the cats are the children of Ubasti. And if you chop up that last word, yes. you notice that Bast is in there, which was the Egyptian deity that was a cat-headed deity. So, I mean, Boom. there's a there's a, also an Egyptian undercurrent going through this thing, too. Oh, for sure. They it, definitely mix up a lot of the different um, uh, polytheistic yeah, yeah. that we're familiar with. Um, I also have to say one of one of the triumphs of the book artistically is Sana's renditions of the monstrum of the monsters themselves because um, they can be seen like gigantic monsters so large they 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 block out the sky but for the most part at least in this volume they are um, ghosts you can see them they're there but they don't do anything they're just they're they're supposed to be remnants of of these monsters from a, when they were on this earthly plane. Yeah, and they're purportedly dead. The the, the right, right. These died. are like the 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 what do you call it? The uh, yeah, the remnants, like the yeah. you know, the leftovers. Their essence. Of their, of their being. Or, yes, or they're yes. they're traces of their essence in the in the physical world. But um, the woman that leads um, Micah into this city, this mistress Ilsa. The the chain smoking woman in the who's holding the holding her collar in the in the the wagon. Um, if you're an exploitation fan, uh, Dave Friedman produced a series of movies uh, featuring Diane Thorne in the role of Ilsa. The first one was Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS, and, and on and on. There was there was there was four of them, but um, the representation of Mistress Ilsa is so close to Diane Thorne that I, I wonder if that was the inspiration for that. She's not as buxom as Diane Thorne, but the face, the hair, the mannerisms, she reminds me of Ilsa in, mm-hmm. the, in those movies. That's just a brief aside, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pick it up. Well, so as you said, I mean, she, she wanted to come into the temple for a reason, and... Um, we, we, we already know um, because of the narrative that, that she's more than she's making herself out to be, but uh, we begin to see it because she, uh, she takes care of business uh, in a big way. And uh, I'm, I'm, what's, um, I can't remember the name of the uh, – what's the name of the, of the, of the, the white-haired woman? 
That's Yvette. Oh, no. Yvette. Yeah, yeah. That's no. the older one. That's Sophia's mother. The other one is Atina. No, I'm talking yes. about Yvette. Yeah, I'm talking about Yvette. Oh, okay. The, the older one. Yeah, the one yep. that, uh, that's got the scar on her face and then uh, she smiles and she's got, again, another classic manga. I mean, shit, that looks just like a, a million demons I've seen in other manga. When she smiles and her mouth gets really wide, she's got all the teeth, right? Yeah, and her looks eyes. Looks a lot like, um, like uh, the, 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 the uh, demon from, from Death Note. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's clear that they have history. Yep. Because there's a, a photo of, of them along with uh, a few other people. And uh, it's so Yvette is basically the, the queen, the, 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 the head bitch in charge. She's the queen, the queen bee of the Kumai. And uh, it's clear that uh, she draws at least some of her power from. Um, the aforementioned uh, artifact that you alluded to, Vince, that uh, that uh, Micah is there to, to have, and so uh, to get the artifact, she has to take out Yvette, and uh, she she does it without much much problem. And the artifact is is in essence speaking to her, to Micah. It's it's there's a connection there. So the statue that's in um, Yvette's lair uh, opens up it's almost like a sarcophagus and it uh, well i guess it is not almost like it is a sarcophagus it opens up and then um inside is is just a a, a a fragment maybe about the fourth a fourth of of what looks to be a, a face mask um yep so i'm imagining as the series goes on there there may be other pieces i would hope yeah right and and the thing is everyone is afraid of this chunk of of uh mask um characters say you know nothing good can come of this it is the worst possible thing it's cursed it's 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 evil there's extremely bad hoodoo associated with this thing if you use it it will consume you it it will unleash other things like the very fact that she touched it and it didn't burn her is extremely significant yeah i mean the uh the half-breeds can't touch this thing it just sears their 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 flesh and Mm -hmm. yet micah can she's holding in her hand she's like "Hmm." you know looking at turning it around it's like so it is the point of contention for this entire story this mask they don't there there are factions that don't want her to have it there are factions that don't want it to fall into other factions hands it's just the the entire unfolding of this story is basically centered on this mask yeah and a little thing but again it speaks to the character building i love the kippa who was a little fox girl when they get the you know that she gets the the piece and they're in this lair but they can't escape from the front because of course all the other kumai are out ready to to get them they're trying to get inside because of the so they have to go out another way and the and kippa says i smell water showing off she's got a great sense of smell and then and then michael's like sure but the tunnels there's no lights and then she says, I can see in the dark, which foxes are nocturnal. They have great night vision. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that, that's where things get sticky because um, Micah did a couple of very nasty things. She burned Sophia to a crisp, mm-hmm. um, killed Yvette, and um, mm-hmm. she also roughed up extremely. Atina, she stabbed her and, and gravely wounded her. But there's something in this world called Lilium that seems to be, 
and we've seen this in, in other works, re most recently Coda, um, distilled magic. It seems to be um, an, a magic essence that, again, a lot of factions want. The, it's a, it, there's yeah, a and shortage Sophia of it. is basically Sophia is sort of like the science, the head scientist of the of the Kumea, right? And her her main goal in life is figuring out how to create, harvest, and best utilize the lilium. And it's worth noting that in general, when they go to these slave auctions, including the little ones, they're cutting pieces of the of the arcana arcanics apart and using those pieces to create and harvest lilium. Yes. So and uh, there's lots of there's the, lots of, of 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 little arcanics running around without limbs yes. in this book. And they also uh have a penchant for flesh. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Well I mean I don't want to eat it. I like to touch it, but I'm not eating it. <laughs> um again, see there's so many plot points in this thing. The Sophia fears the Arcanics to a certain extent because she believes they found a way to manifest these these monstra in into the the their reality. And so she she needs to head this off at the pass and do her little experiments and, and find out what this Lilium mm -hmm. can actually do because we don't need giant elder god monsters traipsing all over the place. Um but as um Micah and the um oh my goodness the little fox child um Kippa. Kippa when when Micah leaves she takes a, a young boy with her too there was a young boy in a cage and she frees him too and the three of them go go through that that portal that Jason was describing and and they go out into the night and they're traipsing across a field and the uh something within Micah that that manifested when she touched the fragment of the mask comes to the forefront and Micah goes away and this thing takes her place and Micah devoured the uh the young boy she ate him she sucked <laughs> I love it she sucked out his uh his essence and that's why Kip is very very afraid of Micah Mm -hmm. um, but not to the extent of abandoning her. You got to give it up for Kippa because she's she's right there next to her, uh, even though she doesn't know whether her friend will turn on her and, and eat her at any point. You know, she keeps her distance, but only so far away. And she's she's always there to to shed some light on the situations and give her give uh, Micah a little bit of a reality check. And this is a and child. Then, it's a child. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And then shortly after that scene, when Micah is laying on the ground asking for help, we meet Master Ren. Yep. Yes. And Master Ren is a traditional yellow tabby, but he has two tails. And he ends the chapter by saying, to quote the poets, we're fucked. Yes. The, the, <laughs> the, the cats have quite the penchant for the poetry. They, yeah, they, so they, they, there, there seems to be two two types of cats. There's the necromancers, who are the ability to to commune with the dead, and of which Ren is one. And then there's the poets, who are well, they're the historians and and the poets. Uh, it seems like there's it seems at least thus far 
there may be other groups, but it seems like those are the two main factions of the uh, of the of the cats. Yes, but they're it's not the Ubasti aren't an atheistic race, but they put it seems to me they put more weight and faith into what the poets have said than any kind of a theistic approach to making sense of the world. You know what I mean? It just it seems mm-hmm. like the, they're more attuned to the artifice of history and not the mythology of history. That's a good observation. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I'm, I think you're right. The uh, the first issue was super exercised. Yes. Because, I mean, we're like in the 70s when page, in, in page count 70s when, um, mm-hmm. by the time chapter two comes around. Yeah, it's smart, right? Because how many times have you read a first issue and you just like, man, I wish this was fleshed out a little bit more. Oh, I'm constantly saying it yeah. should have been a double sized. Yeah, yeah, I mean, or, or or if it's not, if it doesn't give you enough, I I don't want to tease. I don't want just to tip with the first issue. If there's not enough in there, just to <laughs> tip. You're keep dirty. it. If there's not enough <laughs> to really hook me in, then in that point, at that in that case, it's it's a zero issue or a free comic book day teaser. I just it's so you know, kudos to them for going. Um, I don't want to say balls out since it's women that are involved in making this, but it, it they just they 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 gave you as much as you could consume in this first issue. And I and when I read the first issue, I absolutely loved it. And I says, okay, I'm going to because there is so much in this that I can't I can't read this once a month or whenever it comes out, and then just I can't read it in single issues. Oh, I, yeah, I, you're I, right. I'd, I'd have to be able to go back, and I just, I, I'm like, I'm just going to wait, and and I did. Unfortunately, you know, I waited a little bit too long. But I, it, this, this is, and listen, I mean, get the issues by all means because you should, you should have this when it's available. But I would not fault you. I wouldn't blame you at all if you sat on the single issues and just read them, shotgunned a bunch in 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 succession so yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah Re- this real is talk, definitely something i wouldn't have come close to the appreciation i've developed for this story if i read it in single issues because i'm old i i would not <laughs> i would not remember or recall the nuances in this thing right four issues down the line when when it took like eight months to get those four issues i need i, I it's essential to me to read this all in one shot yeah, I mean, I, I read the first two issues when they were coming out and ended up not because I didn't like it, but just letting it stack up. So I, I agree having so in essence, reread having reread part of this for, for this week. I, I, I think it read, reads much better yeah. as a collection. Yeah. And uh, so in to the am I saying it right? Kumian? How are you saying it? I, I I don't I said Kumaya, but I don't know if that's just because Gaia is spelled the same way. Yeah, it's, I'll go with you, Kumaya. Gaia. That sounds good. Um, okay. So so into the the uh, Kumaya uh, chambers comes the and I, and I love this the Mother Superior Destria and her personal coven of Inquisitrixes. Inquisitrixes. Yeah. <laughs> what what is what's the plural of in, Inquisitrix? Whatever. Apparently, Inquisitrixes. Sounds good to me. Um, um, by the way, though, before because the page before that, there, this was I made a note to call this out because I just think that uh, Marjorie has a fantastic way with words. Uh, the narrative of what they're calling the Zamora massacre, she says at the bottom, 
The inner gate of the compound, a Tryzantine relic blessed by Mother Superior Benicia IV, was destroyed through the clear use of arcanic magics, the likes of which have not been witnessed since the last Holy War. Now, that's that's a, I mean, that is a, a little two-sentence description that implies a tremendous amount of history to this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about world building? That fills the world right there. Because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, naming... Mother Superior Benicia the Fourth, which leads you to think, okay, there's been a ton of these, and they, you know what I mean, like, like, and 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 Tryzantine relics. So she's establishing uh, that this world has its own set of 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 artistic periods, right, or historical periods. It's just, I just thought that was so smart. It's just yeah. that you know those words in and of themselves don't mean much. Like we don't know what the Tryzantine uh, was, or we don't we don't have. It doesn't matter to us that. You know, was blessed by Mother Superior Benicia the Fourth. We'd never heard of her before that that sentence, but but it just it sets this tone of how long standing um, this world is, and I love that. And it also it had there's another function to that caption. It makes you aware of just how powerful this Inquisitrix hammer is, because I'm guessing she was the one that knock down the door and if, if this portal was blessed blah 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 and has all these these magical wards on it to stop people from barging in and this inquisitrix with a giant hammer just slammed down the door how freaking powerful is she mm-hmm. right and and the thing i love about this character is hammer's a mime she does not speak she gestures with her hands and other it's she's a the wookie of the story because those little gestures with her hands other characters can make sense of what she's saying and it's amazing it it it's yeah. i don't want to call it comedy relief but it's less dire than the other proceedings that are going on in the story so it's yeah i guess you could call it a bit of lightheartedness in in this story but it's cool she just makes a couple of things with her hand and oh okay i guess that you know characters know what's going on it's neat and it's just another layer of complexity on this world like she didn't have to they didn't have to do that it just could have been a giant woman with a hammer right mm-hmm. but they added that little thing that makes it even more rich and then uh we find out that uh, both sophia and atina are not dead they're fucked up being Stabbed and, and burned. <laughs> Sophia is wrapped like a mummy and is being fed Lilium by Atina. Um, she's horribly burned, but uh, but she will heal. Apparently, she will heal. So these are some pretty strong women, and uh, Atina's none the worse for wear. She's chilling. No, she's she's all right. Yeah, well, she's got a, a wound on her shoulder. Got a bandage. Yeah, yeah. But um, the the thing of major importance in this is that the mother superior injects Yvette's body with Lilium. Not because, you know, this is my ally, I want to revive her because we'd be at a loss without her. She just revives her just to get information. Like, what the hell happened here? And she basically treats Yvette like a dog. Mm-hmm. She's, when she comes, when, when, when the corpse is reanimated, she, Yvette slips into zombie mode and starts chowing down on the uh, closest uh, Kumean guard, and it, it's it's pretty damn brutal. I mean, it's well, that goes without saying. Everything in this book is brutal. She just rips open the the woman's throat 
And Atina's <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. And I guess it's also worth noting that um, the mother superior is masked. We don't see her face mm. until they're ready to <laughs> reveal it. And that was a hell of a reveal. It's freaky shit, right? It, it is, is really freaky. freaky. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's well, well, we'll get there. But um, we've we've eliminated something or, or glossed over something that uh, is very important to this story that uh, Micah, and it's shown in flashbacks and some um, events leading up to the, the first issue, that Micah has a, um, a companion who has a hawk. And I guess this this woman was very. It, it's never. Um, they 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 went through the, the slave um, trade together. They escaped, and uh, it's not explicit whether it's a romantic attachment or whether they're just bonded by experience. But um, Tula is it? Uh, or is or was it, was it Tuya? But yeah, Tuya. Yes, Tuya. Um, they shared. Yeah, like what's it to you? Right. They right. shared a, a a a residence, and and they they've shared experiences. But there's a point where Tuya realizes that Mike is going to do something that she really shouldn't do, and Tuya abandons her uh, companion. They they have uh, uh, irreconcilable differences, so to speak, and Tuya is not there when. Um, Micah thinks she will be there waiting for her, or at least, you know, won't abandon her, but in in fact, she does. She leaves. Um, And that's told to her by the cat, Um, Wren. MC Wren. Yeah, gives that that dire bit of information to her, and she doesn't take it very well, which adds to the shit that's eating her up from inside, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like, what we've been talking about doesn't even hint at the complexities of this world yeah and and the the thing with inside her we 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 get it's it's a it's a god it's a dark yeah, god yes yeah. it's it's because it, it keeps referencing how it's it, it's awoken and it didn't expect to stay awake for long so, so somehow or another this 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 very powerful dark god is within her and she doesn't want it in her he doesn't really he or she doesn't seem all that interested one way or the other to be in to to really care at all i mean seems like he'd rather be asleep but when he's not asleep he's super hungry so um, i think he'd rather rather would be dead because yeah it it says it at one point that you know you know maybe you're doing me a favor maybe you should just kill me and or expunge me and and end it and that would be great because i've lived for millennia and i'm just kind of tired And it also uh, is very notable that the physical representation of this creature residing within Micah is the spitting image of her tattoo. The eclipsing mm-hmm. eye on her chest is uh, this, this creature has one eye, much like the smog monsters. It's a diamond or a, um, an almond shaped I, and that is the brand she bears on her chest. So prophetic, 
maybe. Um, n not maybe, probably. And so this is another thing, another connection within this story um, that uh, we it's ridiculous how much thought and planning it's it, it just like it bears saying you can't think too much you can't pre-plan too much like this world is fully rendered in more ways than one not just visually this is every contingency every um group every association there it's just even the slave in the first scene plays out later in the book Mm -hmm. Like we think this dude is just a street fighter knockoff who's there f f uh, as muscle, but he's he's associated with another character. He's a, a Tina's brother. Yes, and Atina is a double agent. Yeah. Well, they both are. They're, right, right. They're sympathizers for the Arcanics. And you never get that um, in the first issue. You, you think that Atina is just like there for Sophia. They're sucking face at one point, right? Um, mm -hmm. Whether that was a sisterly kiss or not, I don't oh, know. Oh, no, they're mugging down. Okay. Um, I took it to be that they're lovers. Okay. Well, yeah. Patina and Sophia, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because Italians kiss hello and goodbye. So I don't, I mean, not like that. <laughs> oh, do but, I know? But we do that. <laughs> That's why I can't wait Good to morning. see you in a few weeks. There you go. It's so close. <laughs> oh, my God. So where else are we going with this? I mean, how much do we want to reveal? Well, like you said, I mean, um, they, they they are escorted out of the the lands in hiding, and uh, and uh, I love Ren. Ren's like just dropping mad science on these fools and uh, just telling them what's up. And uh, they're supposed to meet up with Toya, but like you said, Toya blows them off. She leaves them an artifact and a message that says, uh, "I won't be here when you when you come back," but. Uh, but uh, and and the uh, the inquisitrixes are hot on their tail, and also someone else, another faction enters the the arena, and this is the dusk court. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, there's a, a scene where there's a bunch of Camean soldiers and they're all cut up, and um, it's it's not the 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 wounds are not done in a in a fashion that would lend one to believe that it's a conventional weapon and um ren's like no no that's a night cutter that's that's not good um it it's a it's a dust court weapon so in flies sir corvin sir corvin de oro a a winged ambassador of the dusk court and he is there to make sure that micah is brought to the court, but he's also a double agent. He has his own agenda. He he knows that Micah is going to be brought forth in front of the court and they're probably going to kill her. And he doesn't want that to happen for whatever reason. And um, in the thick of it, he's crucial to volume two, let's just say. <laughs> it's a mm -hmm. neat, little, neat little secret. I think he's awesome. His armor is fantastic. Just, I mean, everything about this character is just—he's—he's he's heroic, right? Um, and the uh, the Dust Court—they're an amalgamation. They're they're Arcanics, but they're—they uh, seem to be level above 
the I don't want to call them mundane arcanics, but the average arcanic. Because well, they're, they're, yeah, they're they're um, they're they're pure pure bread. Yeah, and they have multiple tails, many of them. So they're adept at at magic as well as um, the science of the situation, and and they're led by a wolf headed woman. She's just awesome. The design is just fantabulous. Queen mm-hmm. of the wolves. Queen of the wolves. Yeah, and the the queen of the wolves champion. I thought this is where the story was going because the Queen of the Wolves champion looks a lot like Micah's mother. Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional or was meant to instill. Well, I mean, her last name is Half Wolf, right? So. Right. Could it be? Could it be what? Could it be her? Like, is there is there a chance that her mother? They said her mother it was dead throughout the whole thing. Her mother's right. dead. Her mother's dead. Her mother's dead. And then this character waltzes in, and she looks a lot like what we've led to believe was Micah's mother. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was played out in the in this book because I don't remember it at all. But I, that's not her mother. Could possibly be her mother. I don't know. I will tell you. You find the you find out the answer to that. Oh damn it! So it's in volume two. Man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I guess it is. There you go. Yeah, and we <laughs> we get uh, in chapter five. We get a, an actual uh, double page spread explaining the uh, races of the known world. There are the humans, the ancients, the cats, the old gods, and then the arcanic, and they're they're the half breeds. Right. So. And as I'm reading those primers for this world that are inserted at the end of of many of the the issues, it just struck me like this could be a 100-issue series if they injected all that stuff, if they did it sequentially Mm -hmm. and not basically as text pages. Because, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue on those pages. They, For all yeah. intents and purposes, they may as well have been text pages. But the way they did it, it's more enjoyable to read than a, just a standard block of copy. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, and I think there's foreshadowing with the with the creature that's in her because they, when they're go, walking through the history of, of the races, they they get to the, uh, to the old gods and they say, and then there are the old gods – we know next to nothing about these mythic beings except that they are creatures of immense and destructive power who the poets believe once threatened nearly all existence. Now only their shadows haunt this world. Many arcanics worship them or attempt to placate them with offerings, but there's nothing divine about the old ones. They are horrors. So again, it speaks to your point about like the cats not being religious, really just more of the, like you said, the artifice, they, the dark gods are, even though we've, well, we meaning humans worship them. They, they're, they're not, like they're not the they're not the creators of all. They're right. just another race and they're incredibly powerful and incredibly evil. Yep. Or at least how we would interpret evil, meaning they don't really give a shit about whether we live or die. Yes. And the Ubasti take great pleasure in crafting words, which is their penchant for the poets, but it again, I don't think they pay a ton of attention to the veracity of what they're saying as long as they mm-hmm. could say it well and with panache you know it's just like that's what i mean by the artifice they they love constructing words and sentences to 
relay their information where they couldn't give a crap whether any of what they're saying is real, I don't think. Well, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that because I don't know that for sure. But it seems like there's more there's more attention paid to the way they're saying it than to what they're saying. Right. The other cool thing, too, is that uh, although there are very eloquent descriptions and words, it, it, there are also times when uh, Marjorie just keeps it 100 with the way that they speak. There's a, a scene where the, the, the dark god that's within Micah's talking to her and bloviating about how she can't stop her and he's a god and then she says spit on that if you're so godlike then why the fuck are you living inside me mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like she just is like i mean like she's just like keeping it real you know yeah and then there's like, a this panel- isn't like some shakespearean i don't want people to listen to this and think it's some victorian you know style like, book where yeah because when you hear steampunk and you it, it it's it's there's there's visual aspects of that but but it's not it, it the dialogue is is much more it, no it's no not matter, more. no yeah. matter how straightforward we were presenting this story even if doing it in a roundabout way or, or going off in tangents this this is our word, our description our, our review is no in no way meant to um be all you need to get the gist of, of what this this book is about. You I I know I'm at times when we talk about other things, I'm deliberately vague and and I because I want people to actually consume it themselves. Mm-hmm. This this is no matter what we say, if we're just talking about them walking through the forest or meeting a woman and her baby and, and you have that you just have an idea or an image in your head, it you still need to see how it's presented and what people are saying to you you really should if you haven't read this yet then then you definitely should without a doubt yeah and so so, go- so don't just listen to us you you'd have to read it exactly right going back to the the sequence in the in the woods with the the uh, the baby and and um the the mother encounters the brother's bell these two hunters that are coming out of the out of the, the woods and and um the woman with the baby, she sells or she trades and sells vegetables, things she's grown. And um, the brothers Bell hunt. So they're like, hey, I'll trade you some of this venison for that bag of potatoes I, got, I know you got in there. And she's like, oh, that's a very profitable deal. I'll go to, you know what I mean? So, so they're friends at first, but it quickly turns dark because yeah. one of the brothers has – has his ideas about the Arcanics, maybe not shared by his brother, but he's like, well, you know what? Maybe you you should be scanned for an Arcanic because I, I, I that that girl you were with last time, she left real quick, and now this girl you say is is your you know your cousin. She you're bringing her in to take care of, help take care of the baby. She's she's not. I don't think there's a, there's something going on with her. So maybe you should get scanned. And then like the shit hits the fan. It it starts off innocuous and and fairly lighthearted but then it just descends into this darkness and people get killed and and screaming and and bleeding it's just it's it's that was uh my jurassic park moment for you and (laughs) 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 sorry um but it's that's where this book can turn on a dime you you think it's going one direction all of a sudden people are losing limbs yep 
story of life. Yeah, and again with the language, I thought it was refreshing that there's a liberal amount of fucks in this book. Yes, and if fucks were given, if if you were, your body was invaded by a, uh, an old, an elder demon god or whatever. I don't think you'd be too like you would let yourself go and just mm-hmm. keep dropping the 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 f bombs because you know that's part and parcel of the the nastiness that's yeah. going on. You know, it just fits. But and to to Marjorie Lou's credit, it's not too contemporary. Like yes, one wonders how these people learned the word fuck or where it came from, but it's not street. They don't, you know, the fuck, or there's not like stuff that that we saw oh, in in Star the Slayer. Yeah, like there's no, the there's no oh snaps in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you love that panel. I do, man. Did you listen to that episode, Jason? You, mm-hmm. Did you get to that one yet? <laughs> that was a nice grunt. <laughs> oh, you guys did an episode on? Yeah, we held down the fort in style. <sighs> We kicked ass, man. We didn't more episodes while you were gone, Vince. We were busy. Oh, they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen to them. I listened to them about as much as you listen to ours. So there we go. You don't need to revisit. You know where you were in good hands. That's right. So um, long story short, the uh, Sir Corvin, uh, he had a mission, and in pops Tano another warrior cat with a patch on his eye. Um, and stuff really goes down. Like Tano has brought an army with him and it's beautifully illustrated in a double page spread where they confront Mike and they're like, Hey, you know, just lay low, hold, hold back because you don't want to throw down with us. Cause you know, you're going to lose. And Micah being Micah just throws down with them and she does lose. And ends up sealed in a sarcophagus yep. to be transported back to the uh, the the uh, the dusk court, and uh, that's where it goes a little sour because uh, Corvin lets her loose, and um, the demon takes well there's a there's a deliberation between the two characters and it's beautifully done where while she's in the sarcophagus she's dreaming or is she and we get a little bit more insight into what's going on here with her mother and yvette and and how this all came to be and the demon's like just let me take over let me out i'll do you proud <laughs> uh, just, just it's like you gotta get in oh, there yeah and uh mike is like hell no you're going to give me control because if I give you control, there's no telling what you're going to do. You're going to run roughshod over this earth and I can't have it. And whether it's been buried in her subconscious or whether this being, this godlike be- God being is manifesting it, Micah sees parts of the events she didn't experience the first time around. Mm-hmm. And it's significant because her mother whispers something in her ear and tells her, no matter what you do, I don't care if you forget me, forget everything else, never forget this name. 
and she didn't know what to make of it. She's like, oh, okay, what, whatever. And, and that's taken place previous to this issue, prior to this issue. But in this issue, the entire sequence is fleshed out because the name that her mother whispers in her ear gives her the advantage over this being because the, the name, in fact, was this being's name. And when you know someone's name, you have a power over them. Indeed. That's a standard trait of magic. If you know something's mm-hmm. real name, you can control it. And um, that's exactly what happens. She she can control the the demon now, or at least she's on an even keel with the demon. And she, she takes control, and she goes head-to-head with the Mother Superior, who, big surprise, has a kinship to this being inside Micah. And they throw down. And I thought the, the unicorn horn was a neat touch. I just thought of it. But anyway, um, they throw down. And um, how do we want to put this? Some characters live. Some characters die. Mm-hmm. And um, goals are not fulfilled. And I'm guessing that they will play out in the, uh, the second volume. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly not going into detail on the last two pages because I think we should leave sure. something. Yeah. For, it's uh, also worth noting because uh, you did set it up as there being this political discourse between the Federation of Humans and the Kumaya, who are their witch arm, who have risen up their ranks. They're basically like the... Um, Benny like, like if, people, yeah, if people watch Game of Thrones, it's like when the when the religious group gains power, you know, um, they kind of become over time they gain a lot of political influence. Um, but but there's been this detente because, as you said, they they think the Arcanics have this weapon, and the Arcanics are worried it's just a matter of time before they find out the truth. And then because of what happened, it uh, because of what Micah did at the at the the castle, um, the Wolf Queen is of the belief that that's going to be enough for um, the Federation to perhaps declare the Arcanics as having broken the truce and use that as a reason to um, start the war up again. And that would be a real problem because they don't have a weapon, at least uh, not yet. Right. So they're worried. And they, they um, there's this, a scene where there's, it's a, it's a pretty Horrible, horrible scene if you take a step back and think about it of um, a room a dungeon I guess of sorts and there's a narrative explaining that during that massacre that Vince mentioned earlier um, the Constantine explosion uh, there were eight arcanic children yes. who walked away from that 180,000 deaths without a scratch and they have six of them in their custody, chained to walls. And it's pretty cool. They're they're chained to the wall uh, with a sword in front of each of them and a cat guarding each of them. And uh, each cat's different. I love that. It's like they're they're totally random, cute like cats, tabby cats, except uh, except they have different tails. Um, and they basically are willing to do whatever they need to to these kids to try and figure out. Who uh, who released the, the the now in this it's interesting instead of saying the weapon they say who to find out who released the monster so I, I have to presume that the beast within Micah is in fact the creature that was responsible for that massacre no I don't think so because he's pretty confused when 
um, he first manifests. And if he was the, the instigator in that massacre, which didn't happen all that long ago. 300 years ago, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you had 300 years, it, what's 300 years in the lifespan of a, of a god, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's the one responsible. I, I could mm -hmm. be wrong, but right. there's something else about the kids. They, the demon or the, the god, the god that occupies uh, Micah says something about Kippa that she shares a kinship with Micah. And it's, it's not gone into further than that. So maybe Kippa was one of the, she can't be because, um, if, if the battle happened that long ago, Kippa's not 300, or at least she doesn't look 300. But how do those characters age? We don't know. That may be her, that may be her final form, right? Maybe there's some arcanics that are physically look like children forever. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if, if they have these six of the eight chained up and they're still kids, we have to assume the Arcanics age very slowly. Right. So maybe Kippa is one of them. Or maybe Micah is. Mm, no, I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. Why? No. You don't think Micah was at that, at that, that battle? Well, no, they show it. Yeah, they show it at the battle, yeah. right? So she came through unscathed. So yes, she has to be. Now that you say it, she's got to be. There you go. I mean, she's older. They say she's seventeen. She's the body of a seventeen-year-old. Right. Yeah. But and again, she could age different. Well, she does age because we show they show her as a child, a young child, mm -hmm. and they also show her now as a seventeen-year-old girl. So yes, she does age differently. And another another allusion to a different type of god. You've got the monkey king. Yeah, I love him. He's great. Right? So, just part of the Chinese mythology. Aku, too. His name's Aku. Come on. Mm -hmm. The monkey king. He's got. I love the red spot. The red spot makes it. The heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And there's something else, too, where um, a lot of the political aspects of the story comes out of the fact that the Kameans were offered more freedoms to do what they wanted to do. And that's why the Arcanics hate them, fear them, whatever. Like um, something in the narrative arose where the Kumeans reacted to it and they weren't slapped down. So once it's, it's explicitly stated in the book that once they were, once they held tight to that power, they never relinquished it. So that's another way they lord over the um, Arcanics, where they were allowed to, to react and nobody said boo, like, okay, that's kosher. And because they were, they were allowed to do what they wanted to do, they, they held on to that and they, they would not relinquish that, that power, which is, is we see that every day, right? That as long mm -hmm. as something's allowed to happen and and the uh, the reaction isn't dire, or there's no real consequences from you know calling people monkeys. That it's just allowed to continue, right? And and these the ones that are are doing the the 
the perpetrating of of the action they're not going to let go of that if you say you give them the the opportunity to, to do that and you don't smack them down they're just going to keep doing it right so there's there's an aspect of this book that's that's also very very real in terms of our world right mm-hmm. yeah Scary. and we get another uh we also get another history lesson from professor tam tam yeah. About the uh the, the birth of the organics that uh for a long time that humans were just a pastime, a play a group of play things and that the gods would the ancients would uh, mess around with them but basically always wear a Jimmy hat. <laughs> and then uh, over over time one of them got uh a little full of themselves and actually broke the rules and had a child. Yep. And uh that child was uh going to be put to death understandably, but um but uh, the great poet Ruskaya Brass Talon, a cat, a poet cat, uh, grabbed the infant and brought her to the temple of Ubasti and raised her. And that, uh, that, that child, the first half-breed between ancients and humans, becomes the shaman empress, yep. who is the arcanic leader. And as, uh, as Professor Tam Tam explains... Says she who paved the way for a new race, both ancient and human, the Arcanics, she who shattered the world. So, yep. You know, it's this idea that the Arcanics just are are they just don't belong, right? They're an unnatural unnatural manifestation of breaking the rules. Well, they're the mutants. They're the yeah. Mu- yeah this is yeah. that dude the equivalent of the Marvel's mutants. They're both hated mm-hmm. and feared. Now we get a map. We get, a map. The map. Yeah, the get map. a map. Yeah, get a map. For you token fanatics, I always say, "What's a great fantasy story without a map?" Not a great fantasy story, right? You need the map. We didn't now, even get into con- the shield wall at all. I am confused. I guess. I, I guess you're right. Make it can't be because because there's the flashback to seven years before now, and they're all little girls. Like Micah's a little girl, so she's aging in real time. Right? Yeah. So she couldn't have been at the Battle of Constantine. But isn't there a the thing when the demon goes through the 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 flashback when they she's in the sarcophagus, right? They show her with a massive explosion. Right, but I'm thinking that's either a manifestation of the demon and her memories intermingling or she has been reincarnated or reborn in some way mm-hmm. into this new vessel because well she's saying you know she couldn't have been there on this day but that doesn't mean that he wasn't because he says i was awake here briefly and i fed i feasted so it yeah, maybe it was him when i initially looked at it it was, it was almost like their 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 memories are kind of merging or or that's what kind i'm of, getting yeah like like that's why i thought that that this dark god had to be there because it's she's She's seeing it from his vantage, but right. seeing it in her, like her body being there, even right. though she wasn't. Because he's, he's telling her, you know, you're a stupid child, and she says, "This isn't real. I'm, I'm not here." Uh, yeah, and then and then that's when she gets to say, "Spit on you," as Vince likes to point out. More to the point, you can't read this thing just once. No, you no, can't. No. You can't. Um, um, I mean, I've read it once, and there's things in here that. Uh, I'm also, I mean, not unclear on, but that would make more sense having had the 
all the the preliminary work done like when you go into this world with the text pieces or the the tam tam um revisiting the the past you need that and once you're armed with that you can go back in and a lot of things make more sense i'm i'm guessing it's it's a very deep um world and the creators aren't suffering fools uh, and then nothing is spoon fed or explained to you right uh without context the the context is there and you have to put a couple of the pieces of the puzzle together yourself it's, yeah it, it's a beautiful marriage of words and pictures it, it no, there's very very little is redundant this isn't a claremont story you're not being told what you're being shown this is uh, the, the the visuals complement the 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 words the characters are saying the 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 settings that that lou is telling you about in in the caption boxes it's it it's yes it, it rewards you as long as you're aware of what's going on this isn't this isn't a quick read this isn't something you're like okay well i got i got a couple no. minutes before the bus comes Mm-mm. between between my next issue i just right, i'm gonna right. read this and it no you this this needs to be taken in this is a sunday afternoon you got your beer you got your wine you got your whatever and and you're just chilling on the back deck and and you got time to and you just want to enjoy yourself this is the kind of book for that and um it really, I mean, when when it comes to awards and and whether or not you think something got shafted or you think something was just given the the popular vote, this deserves everything at one. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, it's yeah, like, I agree. Like Special Agent Dale Cooper says, we must always pay strict attention. If you try and power through this and get it all done, you're going to be missing out on a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, the mind boggles at what the wiki page for this thing would look like. Oh, right. It would be voluminous. You know, this, this, because I haven't read all that much manga, um, this had a particular affinity for me because it reminded me of, uh, the final fantasy series sure. of games. It looks like a manga. Which I love. They're too. my favorite games of all time. Yeah. You know, yep. same a lot kind of... of visuals, same kind of. Sure. Uh, so I, I really, I think had a big reason for this being special to me when I read it. Yeah. It's, it's manga esque in terms of character design and, um, some of the visual tendencies manga artists have, especially with the, um, with Kippa. Right. But sequentially the pacing is definitely not manga. There's not, very very long decompressed sequences of a character walking towards a door and reacting to something like you don't get four pages of of any one thing in this book uh the 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 sequentials are dense there's some pages that have like 10 panels on them uh, there's some pages that have three but it's it's all done to serve the story it's not anything to just i can't detect it to, to to just to pad this thing out there's absolutely none of that where i'll be honest a lot of manga somewhat padded right i mean there's really no need to do 10 pages of a character flipping a page in a book right but i mean i'm exaggerating but that's a lot of what you get in some manga 
where there's just these extremely decompressed sequences. It's not this. This is dense. It is. It is. All right. Do yourself a favor. If you uh, are up to the challenge and you want to read something that is cut above, I really hope you'll give this monstrous a chance because it is amazing. It makes, uh, puts a lot of people to shame, let's just put it that way. It, it is an incredible feat. It, it really is. It's, uh, like you said, uh, none of us paid too much attention to it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and when it, when it won the, the Eisners, it, it perked up. And this is a nice, this is a, a great, I'm thrilled that the book of the month went this way because it, forced our hand to read this Mm -hmm. and i think we all agree we're better for it and it was timely too because it's uh in the the comic culture zeitgeist right now yep i'll be totally honest i was initially put off by the image used for the solicitation of the first issue i saw the Mm -hmm. cover and i'm like oh hell this is way too ornate for me um not being extremely uh, experienced with uh, Takeda's work, um, I thought it was just a little too frilly, a little too ornate, and a little bit too mm-hmm. Art Deco. And so I, I put it. I just, nah, I'm, I'm not going to read that. It would be too much work because I'm, I'm the, the visual guy. I love the visuals, and when it's this dense and this ornate, I, I have to invest a lot of time in it, into it, and. For the book of the month, we really can't. And yeah, we had a a little bit of a reprieve. What with you going AWOL, that we <laughs> we, we got a couple extra days out of it. But I don't think those couple extra days were enough. You need right. to, you need to go through this twice or three times. Mm-hmm. Yep, love it. So we got three massive thumbs up. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Let's make it six, because we have two hands, right? So, oh, yes. Yeah, we'll go six massive thumbs Three up. Three of us give massive thumbs up. Awesome. There you go. Book of the month. If you would like to participate in this and maybe select the book of the month for us, you just go over to our Patreon thing and, and forward slash 11 o'clock comics and join us. Because the more the merrier. We're always having fun and we're always uh, welcome more opinion, more uh, choices, more involvement. So do it. So let's, uh, what else have we read? Did we, I mean, I know this was a Herculean task. Did we get, manage to read anything else? I think we might have read a couple other things. Nice. What did you read? Uh, let's see. I read, um, to the surprise of no one. See, it's weird because part of me is like, oh, we're always talking about Batman because Tom King this and Batman that. But this week's issue was a little bit more special than, um, most issues of Batman. And that is because it was illustrated, penciled and inked. By Mr. Matt Wagner. Um, who? Issue was a bit bittersweet. Did you say who? New phone who initially. Jason's back, everybody. We, um, when this issue was solicited, um, 
Brennan Wagner was credited yeah. as the colorist, and uh, as Brennan has been coloring Dad's work for a while now, um, we posted it. Um, Matt's Facebook post in uh, the eleven o'clock comics group. Um, for whatever reason, the powers that be, editors, the higher ups, whatever. Um, even though, even though Tom and Jamie Rich and, and everybody who spoke to Matt or at least made their uh, feelings known, they were all happy with Brennan's work. But for whatever reason, uh, someone or some ones at DC wanted to go in a different direction and uh, basically have in-house colorist um, Tomoya Mori uh, color Matt's drawings. And um, it's not like this is the standard. It's not like Mori is is the go-to or, or the, the regular color artist on Batman because Jun Chung colors Mikhail Janine's issues uh betty brightweiser just finished coloring the issues that lee weeks had drawn um you know so it's it's not like oh we're just gonna let a regular batman color artist and i don't think they have one in any case uh what is nice is brennan wagner is on facebook and he is posting the pages that he had colored uh He's posting them on Facebook. So if you want to do a compare and contrast or, or see what direction, uh, see what he was planning on doing with Pops, uh, you can definitely go to Facebook and do that. The issue itself, I felt that um, I I really liked the issue, partly because this picks up right after the previous three issues where it was uh, cold days with the whole... 12 Angry Men vibe and, and Bruce Wayne on jury duty. Um, this, and while Bruce is in jury duty and he's sequestered, uh, Dick as, is going around as Batman. And this, this issue is, is basically about the relationship uh, between Bruce and Dick. And mm-hmm. it, it's, um, see, it's always, he's always got it. You can't just, <laughs> Uh, he's, he's 12 years old. Yeah, really. Just got to talking about anyway. So, uh, it goes back to to uh, the Flying Graysons and and Bruce adopting uh, the young ward and uh, cucumber sandwiches and 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 how how much of a um, I don't want to call him a brat, but you know, young Master Grayson. Listen, he lost his parents, and and he's he's feeling some kind of way about this this rich dude who just kind of swooped in, and and it's not like you know you can't just make it make the pain go away and make everything feel better. He's like, bro, you don't know me, right? And it, but you see it, it, over time, uh, this, this this little boy. Uh, and and this 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 preteen and they he, he kind of not necessarily chips away at Bruce but they they definitely find a, a, a common ground and and something that they can definitely something that they can bond over begrudgingly on on Bruce's part but it's it's just a a real 
touching story because not only is do we get some background uh, between these two people, but it, like I said, it 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 still it still ties into the previous story because Batman mentions how he's still on the case and and wants to find out uh, who who basically for lack of a better term, who set up Mr. Freeze. You know, there's a reason why Batman decided Mr. Freeze killed these women. But if it turns out it's not Mr. Freeze, then Batman still, there's still, there's still a mystery. There's still a case to solve. So, uh, Batman's kind of focused on that. And, and Dick is basically just telling him, you know, listen, I'm, it's cool if you're fine, but when you don't want to be fine, I'm right here because he's, I I love this ver I, I I really like Tom's handling of Nightwing because it's it's a little bit like Marv Wolfman's Robin from the New Teen Titans and um it's it's the current Robin and 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 it's not like this is the first time Tom's writing Dick Grayson because he and mm-hmm. Sealy had the the long running Grayson series uh so you still th- that is still this character but the um uh, he's Dick is also here to let Bruce know you were you were stood up at the altar, bro. And if you want to just let go, let it all out. I'm, you know, I got shoulders, bro. You, I, we, you have people f- here for you, and and you don't, 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 don't keep bottled up. And um, the whole thing with with the Condiment King and uh, Crazy <laughs> Quilt. There's just there's a there's funny here. There is, um, it's just, it, the story between these two dudes is, is really touching. And so it's part of the whole, it's not just a little filler flashback story with Robin's early days when, when Batman started training him. This is, this, this still fits into the whole Bruce and Selena thing. Uh, the previous arc with, with Mr. Freeze, it's Tom is really meticulous and, 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 has things ma- I, I imagine he's got the whole red string going across the the cork board with all the different photos and 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 plot points and he, he knows where everything's going and that's great as far as the art we've seen we've seen Finch we've seen weeks we've seen um like I said uh, you need we've had a bunch of fantastic uh, clay man we, we've had some phenomenal artists working with Tom on Batman um um, I'm, Wagner is no stranger to Batman, and it, it was normally when I see Matt Wagner working on Batman, he's also writing the character. Uh, so here he had someone else telling the story that he was drawing, and I think the it it was it was different than the previous fifty three issues, but different doesn't mean bad or or off-putting i i thought that for the story that they were telling with this father and son i thought i thought matt's work really blended nicely with with tom's story um and i definitely get why it would have meant more had brendan been able to color yeah for sure father and son story uh so i'm i'm you know i think the fact that they did this was 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 jank to begin with but after reading the issue it's it's it really sticks in your cross. It's horrible. I, I, like I, the whole point of the story is uh, celebrating a father and son's relationship. I don't. You almost can't make it up. It's like I said when we talked about this when the news broke. I, I 
I don't know any more than than any other fan out there because we're not privy to the inside baseball on this. But but I have to conclude that someone in editorial has an axe to grind with Matt because I, I don't. It, it just I can't see why it wouldn't be. Put it this way: the, the coloring on this book is fine, but it's, it's you're not convincing me that Brendan yeah. isn't isn't as good, if not better. Right. So I agree. Uh, and and as Brennan mentions in his Facebook post, there were definite um, tones and and palettes he was working with, so you'd know the difference between the flashbacks and the modern day, and um, and the coloring here, like you said, it, it's fine. It's still it you know, Batman is wearing black and gray, and Nightwing is wearing his his black and blue, and you know everything works. It, it's just it's it, it's yeah. I'm not going to. Guess what? Could, I mean, I, I you can because Brennan posted images, but you know it's one of those things where when all is said and done, okay, fine. It still it still tells the story, but knowing the backstory, um, you, you definitely I, I I turn each page knowing that that something is missing, and and it's it's I mean it's unfortunate that we know at times how the sausage is made. It it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't detract from the story Tom is telling, but it doesn't make the issue as special as it could have been mm-hmm. but i think uh i think batman 54 uh is a home run as far as uh, uh, when it comes to the art and when it comes to just continuing the story tom is telling i um i have no problem with the issue at all i think it's um it's 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 a done in one but uh you know and i'll i'll curious to see where, where we're going with the next issue but i i was really um I was really pleased with it, and and it's yeah. I think you, you definitely you, you can kind of relate with Nightwing because he's he's the young dude. He's he's a bit of a wise ass, and and he, you know he kind of as he gets under Bruce's skin a bit. But you definitely feel for for Bruce because he's he's still hurt, and he just really hasn't had. We haven't seen him grief we have we haven't seen him just let it out yet mm-hmm. and um it, it's going to be painful to watch when that, that that eventually happens agreed and it, it just seems to me that tom is so good at um crafting a story that befits the artist he's working with agreed you know so good on him yep who's next I mean, I'll acknowledge that I read the fifth and fourth, fifth, and sixth issues of Justice League. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, okay. I, I, I look at the visuals, and I think they're stunning. Yes. I take a step back, and I think it's all the classic Justice League characters. It's all their classic villains. I should be eating this up. Yes. And I honestly don't give a hoot. Yeah. Um, I have no connection to it. It doesn't feel it. It feels distant to me. It feels like I'm observing something that happened with no clear consequence, or I don't have a sense of why it matters. And it, uh, that could well be a me thing. It could just be that I'm not in the right mindset to dig into a new Justice League arc. I, I don't know, but I, I, uh, I don't know that I have any kind of eloquent criticism of the work. I, I just don't know that I care all that much. I, I don't. 
It happens. I just don't have a. I don't have a tether. I don't have a tether. It's, right. It's it's got it's got the heavy hitters plus cyborg, and you That's have what I'm all saying. these. It's and and, and the and the and, villains. Right. And, and it should be a huge, massive. It should feel like a a an amazing summer blockbuster popcorn flick on the page, but it just it it doesn't. And and Jimenez and Chung and they're doing beautiful work, but I don't know what it is with you know people loved Snyder's. Batman Run, we've enjoyed American Vampire, but I don't. Maybe maybe there's something about you know writing a team or or just maybe there's too. I don't know. I'm not making excuses. I just there is absolutely there's a disconnect between me and and this and this book and 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 it hurts because it on paper it should have everything that I'd be I'd be lapping up and mm-hmm. and I'm so not. Yeah, it's missing one thing for me. Hawk, what? Hawk Man. I mean, you have a hawk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, there's a hawk, but yeah. But where there's one, there should be two. Mm-hmm. That's the mechanics of that relationship. You should have both of them on the team. And I know that there's things going on where Hawk Man has been removed from the board only to come back later. I, I get it. But um, I want. I would rather have Hawk Man than Cyborg. Again, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm with Dap in that that camp. We've mm-hmm. we've we've said it many times. We're not no need to go over that again. But, and, and as an aside, uh, Justice League Dark. I read number one. Mm-hmm. It is a wordy bitch. Yeah, but it's good though. Didn't you think it was good? Mm, I just, it, maybe it's again. It's, <laughs> no, you know maybe it's just because of 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 the mood I was in. But I just thought it was too wordy. It just uh, I felt like I was just rushing through it to finish it. Uh, well, see that book pushes my buttons. The good buttons, mm-hmm. where you know, if you have Swamp Thing in there, Detective Chimp, I mean, uh, it's it's gold. Doctor Fate, uh, yeah, we're good. I'll re- I'll read the hell out of that. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to it after a couple more issues build up, and uh, when I'm in a more of a mood for it, I think. Well, I don't know whether the pendulum is swinging for me again, or it may just be the product of of this of the writer, but I think. With one exception, I think Donny Cates is doing phenomenal work at Marvel. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's almost like he's carving out the Cates verse or the, the Cates. <laughs> let's, yeah. I love it. I love an alliteration. So we'll say the Cates corner of the Marvel Universe because he's got a lockdown on Thanos. And if there's one character you want to have a lockdown on at Marvel, it's Thanos. Especially, it is? Especially currently with the movies. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm just saying the 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 wider the big picture Thanos is a big draw because of the movies now. Mm-hmm. And um, that's true. This I read Thanos Legacy number one, written of course like by Donny Cates. Well, it's you're not missed. Well, let me get into it. Written by Donny Cates. Uh, the main story there are two. The main story is written by are drawn by Brian Level and Jordan Boyd does the color art it's basically a recap if you read donny cates's thanos and you read the first couple issues of infinity wars there won't be much new in this for you he basically sets Mm -hmm. up the stage for uh those interested thanos is on chitauri prime and it shows him rousing the troops and the whole thing that happened in, in Thanos where 
he met himself in the future, King Thanos, and he realizes that uh, the end game's kind of scuppered. So um, he tries to murder his destiny. Thanos wants to change shit. He doesn't like the way it went down. Um, he wants to uh, tweak his his timeline. So there's uh, and you know how that ended up, Gamora. And it's it's said in the, in the comic that he knew the minute that Gamora touched down on Chitari Prime, Thanos knew who was coming for him, and she succeeded in killing him. Cuts off his head. And this book, and this is why I love this issue so much, this book goes into a little bit more detail than Infinity Wars in that once Thanos' head is cut off, we see the corpse, <laughs> the headless corpse. I mean, they, Kate's defiles Thanos in this book. The, the Gamora picks up the head and walks off, right? And then we see the body and another person walks up to it and it's it's headless there's there's purple goo streaming from <laughs> thanos's head wound right and all of a sudden this, a flesh wound. this character is standing over the body and thanos goes up in flames and i'm thinking okay funeral pyre right they're, they're burning thanos's body that's cool but we get to the next page and it's cosmic ghost rider and he's pissing <laughs> he's, he's piss, pissing on Thanos's body, but that's not the end of it. He zips up, walks away, and these creatures walk in and start eating Thanos. They start they rip him apart. Rah, 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 they're chowing down on him, and the body explodes. Thanos's body just and chunks of purple tinged meat descend. On Cosmic Ghost Rider. And he's covered <laughs> in gore, right? In walks Star Fox. Roleros. Yeah. Thanos', Thanos is bro. brother. And he picks up, he, he pulls a dagger from under his cloak. He's all cloaked. He's got the hood and everything. But he still has the, the, the Star Fox costume underneath. And Cosmic Ghost Rider is going like, yo, dude, wh what are you doing? I'm, I'm Frank Castle. And Thanos goes, or, uh, Star Fox goes, yeah, 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 everybody knows. And so he, he goes over to the body and starts chopping into it. And Cosmic Ghost Rider's like, brutal, man. What, what, what's going on? And there's something within Thanos' body that Eros wanted to extract. And he calls it his Lilium? will. Lilium? No. He, <laughs> he calls it his will. And I'll leave that for you to see what, what happened. But... um. I thought this issue was wonderful, in, even though we don't learn a whole lot of new stuff. It's Like I said, it's basically a recap of Infinity Wars. There's a tie-in to Thor, recent developments in Thor. Um, Thanos goes to Mephisto in Las Vegas. Where else would Mephisto be, right? And he punches him in the face. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> Mephisto says, what the hell, right? <laughs> And Thanos says, leave Frank Castle alone. You see, what? Who? Who, wow. are you Who are you talking about? He's like, leave him alone. You heard me. Don't touch Frank Castle. Right? And that's when Mephisto says about Hela's wedding. And Thanos is like, wait, what? He didn't know. 
about her uh, her pending nuptials. But all in all, I just when you give me a sequence with Cosmic Ghost Rider, who is an awesome character. Yes, yes it, it's a copycat, but still, he's an awesome character, and he's pissing on Thanos, and his piss is fl- fire. Come on, I, that that's my three ninety nine right there. Thank you. I'm I'm good. But there's a backup story written by uh, Jerry Duggan with uh, Corey Smith on art and Ruth Redmond did the color. It's a, it's a wordless tale that showcases young Gamora's, mm, I don't want to say innocence because I, I don't think Gamora was ever completely innocent. Um but her reluctance to follow in the footsteps of of Thanos, um, and it also showcases Thanos's brutality, and it's completely wordless. It's 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 a neat little story, but um, I thought this issue was wonderful. But I'm I'm plugged in to Donny Cates lately. I I, I really like. Well, him. then you should be happy because Marvel seems to be handing him the keys to the kingdom. Good. I think he's really good at what he does. And the, the cosmic, that's what I love. Mm-hmm. I'm finding fault with with a lot of Marvel books, with the exception well, speak- of, like, um, Kate's stuff. Jason Aaron's Thor is, is great, but it, it's in that cosmic wheelhouse, you know? The Doctor Strange is awesome, and that's pretty much where I'll leave it, right? But that's okay. Did you read Asgardians of the Galaxy number one? I did. That, that's my In Your Travels. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll leave it for that then. By the way, Vince, Savage Dragon 237? Right? Oh, my God, dude. Everybody's fucking. Everybody's fucking. Dude, that shower scene? Right? That was hot. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, what God, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. But it's just. It's, it, now, what's the history with this girl, though? What's the history with Angel? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I'm not a. I'm not that's, up on it. That's Malcolm's sister. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So incest is the best. That's incest. That's Malcolm's half. Well, I guess half half sister. Oh, half. Yeah. So yeah. Right. He's only. They're blood, in. though. They're blood. They're related. They're not blood. Well, yeah. Well, wait. They're half. They're blood. They have the same. same no, dad. no, because she came. She was a package deal. Yeah, she came. With, uh, with Mama. When, so when, steps. when the OG, when the OG dragon married Mama, Angel came with her. Oh, so it's steps. So they're yeah. not genetically. No, but okay. So it's it's, it's more right, so like it's everything every other, on Pornhub. I was yeah. gonna say it's exactly POV blowjob. Yeah, it's always gonna be step now. Step. Uh, yep. Yeah. So no, it, I thought this is super hot, right? <laughs> Yeah, it dude, was. it was crazy, crazy, dude. Larson's a, Larson's a freak. Yeah, it's good stuff. He is an absolute freak. It, I mean, it, the the only it, what? it's weird. It, it's no, 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 no. I'm saying the only time it's and I love every I I, I love I love the pet names that everybody's um throwing uh throwing at each other um mm-hmm. but the uh it's oh man with 
with Malcolm's wife, though, it's just when when Maxine just looks a little bit too much. They're going a little bit too too. Um, it's a Lolita territory. She, 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 her, because of, 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 of her body type, the braces at the, the braces, the, 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 but like a 13 year old boy, she is not a, it, it's, it's when you see everybody else in the book and, and how, uh, how overdone Eric draws all the women. Um, when, when, when she walks in the room, then all of a sudden now, now it's like, it's, it's, it, it obviously she's of age mother kids the whole nine or whatnot but i visually when i look when i turn the page and i see that for a split second i'm just like she just looks like a little girl i got i got no problem with that i'm not surprised yeah i got no problem with that and if you looked at my if you looked at my browser history i probably don't either but it's just it's it's, jeez god (laughs) Uh, I don't think that came out the way you meant. Yeah, I know, right? You don't got the Tor browsers fired up, do you? I hope not. <laughs> but um, this is not, and it's it's implied in the in the story too. This is not the first time that Malcolm and Angel have had no rela- yeah, relations yeah. of this kind. Yeah. The the videotape that it was the threesome. Remember with yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, what, they allude to that in the issue. Yeah, that's what started the whole multiple babies running around. You know, and it's just, I I think Angel's great. She's a great character. She's she's sexy as hell, and um, I I I would rather see Malcolm with Angel than um, Maxine. I like Maxine. Me too. But there's something sure. there's something really off about her, like right. the the way that she'll just do it with anyone, anyone. <laughs> Like it's okay if you got consent from hubby to throw down with his sister, and I'm. Not, it's not a female female thing. If if Malcolm had a brother, and he's like, yeah, okay, you can, you know, that, that's that's cool. Um, but as we've seen, Maxine would will take it from anyone. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird. <laughs> that's a little. It's it's a, it's it's a little off putting for me. Where. Um, wow, if it's all putting for you, that is saying. Well, no, it's because Malcolm is the he is the the hero of this book, right? So I would like characters to be loyal to him, especially characters to to whom he's married, mm-hmm. right? It's the fact that she'll just do it with anybody. It's just kind of like, no, you're letting my boy down. You know, maybe he would be okay with it, but she doesn't ask first. Right, she, she just takes. And that's not how I want to see my my man served up. Mm-hmm. You know, but she's a freak. She is a freak. The, okay. Them nipples will cut glass, man. That's true. Yeah, and this you talk about wordy bitch. This issue was <laughs> extremely wordy. It's like for all this sex happening, they're doing a lot of talking. Yeah, and you know what? I I give Larson props whenever I can. Um, I I very very rarely have issues with the stuff he does the previous issue 236 with the the bill watterson uh pastiche yeah. with the savage yeah. little dragons 
I don't think it was played well. I agree. I'm yeah. glad you said that because yeah. I read the uh, last three issues t- this week, um, and uh, you know I'm a mark for Watterson. Yeah, uh, I, and I and 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 often homages to it. I I think are great, but I I thought it was a it, it was two great two creators who I adore. Uh, not a great. I, I love Larson and I love Calvin and Hobbes. I I didn't like Larson doing Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. He's not. How do I say this? Um, Larson is a phenomenal artist, one of my all-time favorites. There's an approach and a style and a a shorthand that Watterson managed to pull off that I don't think anybody else can do, or very few people can do. Let's just say that. Larson's approach is not Watterson's approach. So even the 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 spreads where he played it by the numbers, it still looks off to me. And then when the monsters come in, um, the dog, the, the, the giant dog monster, it looks weird. It doesn't, if you're going for a, a, a Calvin and Hobbes pastiche and you throw in something that's drawn in your style, it just, it doesn't work. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's like two worlds meeting that, that, I don't know. It just it felt wrong to me. It just felt felt off. I like the drawing in it. I'm not gonna. The drawing is great. It's just that if you're going for a Bill Watterson vibe, and you yeah the type the typography nailed it, and he did his uh, Larson signature like Watterson. That like that part was good. It's just the the sequentials that were. Just the whole approach was just off. I don't know. I, and props for him to him for trying it. It's just I think it was one of the very very few instances where Larson didn't hit the mark. Yeah, no, I'm with that, you. Yeah, that's why it's notable because he has yeah. had a, an awesome track record, and then once in a while you get something like this where it wasn't a horrible issue. I just mm-hmm. don't think I I don't think he did the the subject of his um pastiche uh justice with it mm-hmm. that that's all yeah and i don't think anybody else could could do as well or many people couldn't do as well but it's just nah it, neat neat idea uh, forgettable issue i think yeah i agree but sometimes you got to give a little bit of the tough love right Got to keep it honest. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, uh, want to drag this uh, car into the parking lot or the garage or whatever? That's a, was, was a stupid way to say it, but that's okay. Hey, everybody! Uh, we hope you enjoyed this book of the month episode. There will be another very soon, as chosen by our beautiful patrons. If you want to find out what all that's about, patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS. Probably tired of hearing me say it. Um, in the meantime, you know where to get your books. There's only one place. You don't want to spend a whole lot of money. Who does? DCBService.com. They'll get you everything you want at a fraction of what everybody else is paying, such as from Albatross Funny Books. It's Grumble, number one. Rafer Roberts, Mike Norton, sure thing, right? That'll cost you $2.19. That's 45% off. Some 
unknown named Scotty Young and Jorge Corona is doing the Middle West. You need it. You know you're going to buy it. Just get it cheap. $1.99. And the massive Marvel Savage Sword of Conan Omnibus Volume 1. Collecting a whole bunch of stuff. Savage Tales 1 to 5. Now I'm wondering whether that's just going to be the Conan material from those issues. Or if it's going to be everything. I would guess just the Conan material. Um, and then you get Savage Sword of Conan 1 to 12. And the special number 1. It's a mature reader's title for... $100 cover price, you're going to get it for $50. DCBService.com in your travels. I implore you to read As Guardians of the Galaxy Number 1. Written by Colin Bunn. Art by Matteo Loli. Color artist is Federico Blee. It has many characters I've grown fond of over the years. Um, most notably, Angela. And I didn't know this. Um, I was unaware at the time. Maybe I haven't progressed to this level in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or maybe this was said or stated in the, the Angela series itself. But Angela's actually the firstborn child of Odin and Freya. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> was that a- uh, apparently that's not a retcon Jason cares for. Uh, yeah. I, no, I don't. I like. I'm. A, I've accepted Angela, but it's it's still strange to me that they've brought her into the, the Asgardian mythos. But she's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, well, where else would she have would she have fit? Right. I mean, she, she. I mean, she looks like an Asgardian, right? Yeah. I just feel like she's she's in place of like where Sif would be or something, and I'm a fan of Sif, so I don't know. Well. Pound for pound, I'd take Angela over Sif any day. Not me. Well, there you go. Um, so, I mean, this series contains or features Angela, Valkyrie, the Destroyer, Scourge the Executioner, Thunderstrike is in here, and last but certainly not least, Throg. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, the, the art's just wonderful. Um, Nebula, of course, pops up. But movie version. Yes, that's the one problem I have. Well, not the one problem, but one of the problems I have with the movies is that eventually character designs are tweaked to reflect what they look like in the movies. We saw we saw it in the X-Men back in the day when the X-Men had the black leather in the movie. The X-Men had the black leather in the comics. And it's just like I don't think that needs to be because. If I had my way, Nebula would look like Nebula always looks. Not like this. Yep. And um, it's a not s- like this. Yeah, it's a small price to pay, but um, whatever. It, it that's just my personal preference. It has no bearing mm-hmm. on anything. Uh, but the art, I think, is great. It's just wonderful. Um, a lot of big action, of course. With these characters, you got big action. Covers great. This is like a no-brainer. If you're interested in the the uh, the Thor side of things or the Marvel Cosmic, this is the way to go. It's just really well done. I love that Throg is like the the secret weapon, like the the most powerful of them. Sure, that's <laughs> great. Yeah, and I I kind of like when they poke fun at themselves in the uh, character introductions. Like you'll usually get a blurb. 
um, you know, Thor, son mm-hmm. of son of Odin, wielder, blah 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 blah. This one says Throg, Frog of Thunder, and in parentheses says no, really. Like I think that's yes. that that's cute, and it and it it adds a lot to it for me. What did you think of the reveal of who's in the destroyer armor? Well, if you're talking Asgard, then yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened to the destroyer's arm? I don't, but I. It's on Thor. Oh, it's really? It's on Odinson. Oh, yeah, that's that, that's Odinson's left arm. That's oh, right arm. But yeah, that that's that's the arm because because Malekith took his arm, uh, took Odinson's yes. arm, and and during the Jane Foster run. And uh, in order to get and yeah, so he's got the destroyer's arm. I still nice. haven't read that. What Jason Aaron's Thor run? Not when with the, with not with the female Thor. No, not when yeah, Jane. Should. I have to it. finish it actually, but yes, no, it, it's that that's a series you should read. You should read. Oh, they dropped off the milk. Nice. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Cereal. Cereal. Well, all, all of a sudden, like I live in the Bronx and shit. That's cool, though. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, uh, Ask Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. I think it was released this Wednesday. So, yes. And it's an Infinity Wars tie-in. Whether that carries any weight with you, you decide. But it's yeah. it's pretty fun. Pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, this, in your travels, uh, definitely not what I had planned on. But when I saw who worked on it, I had to read it, and Ooh. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Ooh. This is from Dark Horse. Um, it is co-written. Your story is by Margaret Atwood and Ken Stacy, with art by Ken Stacy. Yes. This is War Bears number one. Ah, I loved it. Did you I love didn't it? Pick this up. I, I really did. I, oh, I had nice. no idea what to expect. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I I missed the solicit, but I didn't realize. Dark you know, horse. It was a, it's a dark horse. It's it's okay, it's we, uh, get, like a, we get the free dark horse. I right. Can download it. Um, it's a bit of a fictional historical story. Uh, the golden age of of Canadian comics. Uh, with um, Elaine uh, or Alan uh, Zarkowski is a uh, it's a budding comic book artist. He uh, he shows up at uh, Canoodle Comics Incorporated for a job as they put an ad in the paper because uh, their um, their their uh, anchors was uh, the publisher Gloria. She um, one of the bullpenners is uh, was was drafted into the Navy. So um, he's looking to for a job, and right now he's going to basically be um, filling in blacks and doing maybe some background characters for, uh, for, for, for the main, for the, for the Jack Kirby of the, uh, of the group. But um, I, I thought it was a, um, yeah, I mean, considering I didn't know what to expect, I, I was really, they, they, they. I, I was seriously um, roped in is the wrong word, but but they hooked me. I was just absolutely uh, from from start to finish. Uh, the uh, Alan creates a character 
called um, Usinet, who's basically a um, a werebear, and uh, the the publisher wasn't quite sure. Like like a bear really isn't as as cuddly or uh, sexy as as maybe a um, a a cat or a tiger, uh, but it was. Um, it was he's able to uh, so he he pitches it only to find out the next day that she turned around and gave it to uh her star artist um which alan wasn't too happy with and i you know it's it's weird some obviously some of it is um probably how things the the way the books were made I'm it, is dipped in, in, in truth and reality, but, uh, the way the, um, the artist or, or the creators just kind of leave the publisher. And then a month, but yeah, it, it there, there were definitely some, some, um, artistic licensing going on with it, but I thought, uh, Stacy hasn't missed a beat. I haven't seen him in a minute. I don't know what he's been doing, but, uh, it, it definitely, feels like a book that 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 can withdraw it's um i i i really liked it a lot and there's a um it it's kind of kind of like two books in one because you have the story of um the artist bringing his creation to life and then there's a you get the um the first story that um that al wrote and drew um so you get that that story uh in its entirety um but yeah i i really really liked it a lot i um i will look for the uh for the next issue i have where war bears go ahead yeah i have one tiny little criticism i think Mm -hmm. stacy's color is a little too thick in, in, in a lot of spots and the only reason why i feel that way is because when we see stacy's flat out pencils and inks without the coloring in the in the Orsonette um comics themselves those pages are gorgeous yeah. the the line art's amazing and then the the framing sequences i think the color's a little too too muddled in some spots it's too thick the dark scenes are, are to me they're just way too dark right yeah yeah like on on the street or when he goes back home late at night yeah yeah, I don't. I don't disagree there. I I would have loved if this book was uh, monochromatic. The framing sequence was like very m- muted, like maybe one color, and then right. in order to to pinpoint the or to highlight the the actual Orsonette comics that they were just done black. I th- I can't. Stacy's an amazing artist. I think his his line work is phenomenal. I've always loved Ken Stacy. Yeah, I, I don't think the the coloring. Uh, the color arts doing the the narr- the sequentials any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you there. So some of it looks a little bit like colored pencil. Some of it's just, yeah. but it's it's yeah, it's it's. I I I could co-sign that criticism. Yeah, but like you, when I saw Ken Stacy, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna read this. Yeah, man. And I I think the story's great. The concept is awesome. It's I'm I'm not digging the color all that much. That's that's my only 
criticism. I think it's a. I, I would not be um, ticked off. I'm not having paid for this issue. I feel like I got more than my money's worth, the, the, especially in the manner they present the story. The sequentials are very, they're very um, old school in that there's a lot mm-hmm. going on. There, the, there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of panels to the page. It's it's great. That's how I like my comics. But I just the the coloring does like very little for me. Mm-hmm. That's it. There you go. Um, in your travels, this doesn't have much to do with comics, but God damn it, it needs to be discussed. Burt Reynolds passed away today. Yeah. And uh big fan of, of Burt Reynolds. He, he was at his critical and commercial peak uh, when I was a, a kid. And so in your travels, go watch a Burt Reynolds movie this weekend. Smoking the Bandit, Deliverance, <laughs> Longest Yard, Sharky's Machine, uh, Hooper, Gator. My personal favorite, Cannonball Run, uh, but 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 peep one of them. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It's a million of them, but uh, but but uh, rest in peace, my dude. And um, on the comics tip, you already alluded to it at the open, Vince. But uh, but yesterday was the uh, was the release date of our good friend Scotty's and our good friend Aaron's uh, Bully Wars, which um, we did discuss at length a few weeks back when we were given a preview copy by Scotty. So you can go back and listen to a full review there if you're interested. But it's uh, it's worth your attention. It's a lot of fun, and it's an all-ages book, which, uh, you know, as I want to say, there aren't a lot of great all-ages books on the shelf. So if uh, if you're looking for one, this fits the bill. Especially for Minage. For sure. True that. There you go. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for doing this with us again. We love having you, and we're going to love having you again next time because you're probably going to get another one of these too sweet so uh join us and um we'll have a very uh tasty beverage or sandwich waiting for you uh in the meantime say good night david oh good night <laughs> Very nice. That's a good one. We'll keep that one. It's a keeper. All right. Yeah, it's always a keeper. Good enough. Cool. So there you go. Any uh, anything to pass on before we leave? Or are we just going to say bye? Vote on them shirts. Yes. Do that. Vote on the shirts, Jason. Why are you so quiet? Oh 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 hmm? oh! Ooh, oh he's got yes. something. Um. Yes, we have shout outs. We do. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, the patrons at uh, the fabulous um, shout out level, uh, which would be the uh, Illuminati. So, three new members uh, that's here are uh, Garfield McLeod, uh, Darren Mondays. McGuire, sorry, <laughs> uh, and Sam Gotheim. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, much love to all of y'all. Yep. And we also need to do a, a patron-picked themed episode, right? Cause we do. We are doing we gotta that. We got to do one Because I guess, the, you know, the Puppet Master thing, Jason, if you heard, went over pretty well. And we'd like to do other 
themed episodes, and you guys can pick them for us. You can decide what we're going to do. You certainly can. Yeah. That's all we got. We don't want to overstay our welcome. Come back with us next time. We'll be here waiting for you. Go read some comics, kiss a loved one, hug your pet, whatever. And we'll be here. So say bye. Little bro. Bye. Bye.